Hello, hello, hello there, leading players. Um, it is Kate coming at you solo uh, for a little mini bonus episode that we have. Um, so the next the next show that Julia and I are going to be talking about is Much Ado About Nothing, written by William Shakespeare, and we figured that he is such an influential person in terms of literature and theatrical history um, that we wanted to give you a little bit more information about him. Obviously, this is a summary. This is not all of the things that happened in his life. Um, so if you are interested, I definitely recommend going out there and doing some more research on your own about, about this amazing, amazing person um, that we are so fortunate to, to still read plays from. Um, so all of this information was taken from biography.com. So here's just a little, a little bit about, about our, our, our guy. So William Shakespeare was born on April 23rd, we think. Um, in 1564, we don't we don't know his his birth date for sure, but we can assume based on his um, baptism records um, that he was born on April 23rd. He was baptized at Holy Trinity Church in Stratford upon Avon on April 26th, and because of the typical relationship we see between birth and baptism, people can assume that he was most likely born two to three days prior to that, most likely around April 23rd. Um, we know a lot of his work and we know a lot about his work, but we actually have very limited knowledge to his life. We can only piece those things together based on the works and what happened around the time that those works were written, and then we can kind of piece together the rest of, of his life from there. Um, he was an English artist during the Renaissance, and he's obviously most known for his writings. Um, but he, he was also a poet as well as a playwright, and he was an actor. Um, so he was very, very involved um, in, in all of the arts in general. Um, and he was an integral member to the King's Men Theatre Company, um, what we assume is most likely 1594 and on. It's one of his crowning achievements in his life. Um, as for the guy himself, we know that he had two older sisters and three younger brothers. So if you're looking for a middle child, Shakespeare is the epitome of one. Um, we, we don't actually know where he went to school. Uh, we, we have no records of, of his life um, in, in terms of his schooling. Um, historians and scholars tended to believe that he most likely attended school in Stratford at the King's uh, New School. He was believed to have studied reading and writing there, but again, we have no records, it's just an assumption, um, but that's what we believe. Um, it is pretty important, I just want to note, kind of moving forward, that some people and scholars do believe that due to the lack of personal information we know about him, that he's not a real person. Um, some people think that William Shakespeare is just a pen name that somebody else wrote, um, and that the person William Shakespeare that you know is that a middle child and has two older sisters and three younger brothers and this particular William Shakespeare is not the same William Shakespeare that wrote all of these works. Um, people think that the man and the playwright are two completely different people um, and obviously I don't want to tell you what to believe. You are entitled to your own beliefs and your, your own thoughts on things. I, I think it's a little far-fetched that there would be two William Shakespeare's kind of running around at the same time um, I, I believe that they are the same person, but again, um, that's what, what doing a little bit more research is for, right? So, um, he ended up marrying a, a woman named Anne Hathaway, and no, it is not the actress from Princess Diaries, although that would be interesting. Um, they got married in November of 1582, um, at 
the age of 18. That's when, when Shakespeare married Hathaway. Um, she was 26 at the time, and she was pregnant. Um, she ended up giving birth to a daughter named Su- Su- Susanna on May 26, 1583. Um, and then two years later, the couple actually had a set of twins. And again, we don't know too much about it, but we do know that unfortunately one of those twins tragically lost their life at age 11 for causes that are unknown. There are um, seven years after about 1585 that we just have no freaking idea what he was doing. Um, Some people assume that he was spending time with family. Some people think he was camping out writing. A lot of people have speculated, but for all intents and purposes, this is what Shakespeare, what's become of um, this thing called the lost years. There are these period of years that we don't don't really know what he he was doing. Um, In the early 1590s, Shakespeare was a managing partner at Lord Chamberlain's Men, which was later known as the King's Men. It's an acting group based out of London, according to the official documents, so we do know by that point in time he was up, he was working, he was out there. Um, And by 1592, we have records to show that Shakespeare was successful as a playwright, as an actor, and by 1597, so only five years later, Shakespeare had published 15 out of his 37 plays and ended up using some of the money that he earned there to buy a house for his family, upgrade a little bit. But again, that's that's pretty crazy that he was having success in 1592 and five years later he had already published 15 plays. It's pretty crazy to me. Um, it's just crazy. Anyway, um, in 1599, Shakespeare and his partners established probably what is known to be the longest surviving, arguably most important theatrical contribution, which is the Globe Theater. The Globe Theater obviously still exists today. It is one of the landmarks in theatrical history. Um, I've never been there, and I look forward to the day when I can. From what I've heard from from folks who have been there, it's a pretty magical experience. Um, And I wanted to do a little bit of math because I thought it was interesting. I'm not, I'm, a, I'm not a mathematician by any means, um, which is what the internet is for, but he bought the Globe Theater um, for 440 pounds, and I wanted to convert that to pounds and U.S. dollars in today's day, in, in 2021, and so approximately, um, of those 440 pounds, that's approximately um, 704,011 pounds today. Crazy. Insane. And in U.S. currency, that's approximately $987,096. So that's, that's a pretty it's a pretty hefty chunk of change there. Um, and to see what that has grown into is pretty darn cool. Um, so just a couple of, of bullet points here. Um, his writing style is pretty complex, and you're going to hear Julia and I talk about that. Um, a little bit, but he, he uses a lot of elaborate rhetoric and metaphors. He, he is talking in what was known to be like a conversational style of, of speaking at the time. Obviously, it is not the 1590s anymore, and we don't speak like that, which is why his writing is so difficult for so many people, I think, to dissect and digest. Um, and, and I am definitely one of those people that have had a hard time um, trying to understand his speech um, kind of growing up so, so I, I completely get that. Um, most of his plays are written in iambic pentameter for the most part. Um, iambic pentameter is a rhythm, a rhythmic structure that he uses um, that is set to mimic the human heartbeat. And um, some believe that this psychologically helps connect readers to the text, helps connect audience members to the actors, 
um, because it has it shares a human connection, the heartbeat, in that uh, it, it sort of helps you understand um, as an outsider who is not familiar with the text, um, you, it helps you understand a little bit more of what's going on. Um, he also uses prose, which is just simply writing without ionic pentameter, um, and, and he writes quite, quite a bit in prose as well, so he sort of flip-flops between those two. Um, I want to list off some of his plays, uh, and this is not all of them, but it's most of them, so, you know, um, he's got Henry VI, Part 1, 2, and 3, Romeo and Juliet, Richard II, Henry V, Julius Caesar, Midsummer Night's Dream, Merchant of Venice, Much Ado About Nothing, our next show, as You Like It, Twelfth Night, Titus Andronicus, The Comedy of Errors, The Two Gentlemen of Verona, Taming of the Shrew, Loves, Loves Labor's Lost, King John, Merry Wives of Windsor, Henry V, Hamlet, Othello, King Lear, Macbeth. Uh, Macbeth is my personal favorite. Um, I'm not in a theater, but if I was, I'd call it the Scottish play. Cymbeline, Winter's Tale, The Tempest, All's Well That Ends Well, Measure for Measure, um, you know, Cornelius, Pericles, Henry VIII, I mean, it's it's crazy. He's written so many, and I am sure most of those are familiar um, with some of you. Uh, and and he, he ended up dying in 1616, according to the church records, which show that he was only 52. Um, this is insane to me. A man as famous as William Shakespeare only lived to be 52. And granted, that was a pretty, pretty darn long life back then, but in today's age, think about the work he could have accomplished it's crazy. It is insane. He, he along with many other famous uh, literature, you know, pers- people, you know, and many, many um, composers, just so many of them were so incredible and tragically died at such a young age, um, even if it wasn't young at the time. But um, poli- people believed that he, he died after a short illness, um, but the official cause of death is unknown. The date is disputed. Some people think that he didn't even die and the church records were faked and he was simply retired from writing and he had a whole new life ahead of him. We, we honestly don't know. Um, but nevertheless, I mean, his, his achievements and his accomplishments um, are untouched. I mean, he's a pretty darn cool guy. So obviously with all of that being said, be sure to tune into our next episode um, that is going to be released next Monday. Uh, Julia and I are going to discuss Much Ado About Nothing. We had a ton of fun talking about this. Um, So thank you for tuning in. Have a great week. And as always, keep playing.